Hi, everybody. I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. I'm Alana Rennie of University of Arizona Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Kate Privet of TCU Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. You tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob Online. All right, good day, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20. It's been a couple of weeks since we met, so I'm just going to call it the post-regular season pre-tournament, NCAA tournament episode. That's Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford, Alana Rennie of Arizona, and Kate Privet of TCU. Always wonderful to see you ladies, after, especially after a long absence here. Happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I know well, I'm squad. <laughs> you guys have been really busy. So I understand that because it's postseason craziness and everyone's trying to jostle for spots, uh, higher seeds in their conference tournaments, the hopes of getting into the NCAA tournament. So we've got um, you know, our our on-site athletes, we'll call you guys, just because you're witnessing it firsthand and going up against these teams. And we know that so much has happened, especially at conference tournaments, because you have that condensed format within a two or three days to make things happen and there's some really good stuff and highlights there's just no way to watch everything so i appreciate you guys jumping on wanted to go to our first discussion topic and that was the regular season results uh, was that something that we expected to see the way everything happened and let's start with uh, let's go with Lana first um, I think I love seeing a lot of movement throughout the rankings throughout the season. Um, I think it keeps it really interesting and, you know, it shows that anyone can, anyone can be anyone and the sport of beach volleyball is growing itself. I do remember on, I forget which day it was, maybe it was Thursday this past week. Um, we know that, uh, USC had just lost and unfortunately Kate, um, TCU just lost and we were watching Charlie the um your guys's game against UCLA and we were kind of like will all three top teams like lose in the same day and you guys did and it was really like it was just a cool moment I think for everyone because it was like literally anyone's beatable and it makes just the community so much closer and makes everything a little bit more intense so obviously TCU came back um and then UCLA came back for their conference championships but um I just like the overall like there's not a single team that's undefeated this year like anything could happen especially at the tournament being a single um elimination this year yeah good call let's jump over to Kate I I agree with um Elena and I feel like this year more than in past years there's been more upsets and more I think it was harder to rank because so many teams would beat and lose to each other to where it's like a team could be, could beat a team four rankings higher than them, but then they'll lose to a team five rankings below them. So then it's hard. It's hard to move everything around. So there was a lot of movement, but at the same time, I think it was also hard. Um, the rankings for the NCAA tournament were, were hard too, because everybody is beating and losing to each other. And I think it just goes to show, as Elena was saying, that it's the sports growing. There's not as much do dominance um, as we've seen in past years, and it, it's up for grabs. Anybody, anybody can take it this weekend. Yeah, and then Charlie. 
No, I I couldn't agree more with you guys. I I honestly think like this is the biggest season of just kind of this expanded parity amongst all teams. I think that we see this kind of leveled playing field where we don't see one like truly dominant program over everybody. I mean, obviously we still have like the programs that are in the top five that are pretty established as dominant programs. But again, like I think the best thing ever, I mean, it kind of sucked for the people in the top four. Sorry, Kate, but it was like our favorite thing ever watching it, being a part of it, seeing numbers like rankings six seven eight nine beat numbers one two three four because I don't think we've ever seen that before I think that we've always seen this kind of like established top four dominance and then six through 20 kind of have to duke it out for the rest of the spots but we've not really seen this kind of advancement of where we see the upsets happen where the top of the rankings are starting to get upset in a more consistent manner the way that they did in those conference tournaments and I don't know I think it's really fun to see so many different teams peaking right now because then again like you guys came back TCU came back and was able to then wreak havoc the rest of the tournament basically and then UCLA came back I hate to say that they eliminated us because we knocked them into contenders but then they eliminated us from Pac-12s and they put up an incredible battle um, and just performed really well through the rest of the tournament. And so I'm curious and excited to see where we go into this national championship tournament to see, did that kind of week of upsets of those top four schools being upset, did that stoke a little bit more fire? Are they going to come back firing even stronger? Is that a sign that we're up for some crazy upsets this week? I don't know which one it is, but I'm almost hopeful for a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, before um, our last episode, we've been, we've missed two, but you know, Charlie, the Stanford Cardinal had some big wins against Grand Canyon and Washington, I believe, which were pretty important wins. And and looking in hindsight, those were pretty stable. That that secured your guys' case for an at-large, but you know, you, you guys are talking about the depth and breadth of talent, you know, a team like Washington with uh, Derek Olson out the realm, and he's really got some good players coming in and he's coaching them up. And, you know, with Atlanta having to face Washington also, and, and your, your cross-sun rival Arizona State, I mean, they're all really just picking up more talent now. And you're beginning to see that they're either on the bubble of the top 20 or they're pushing in that midsection area where, you know, we're seeing more and more talent from around the nation and you're beginning to see transfers now coming to play beach volleyball coming west or going to east and or to you know the ccsa schools and you're seeing such a a good pool of talent out there that's available and they're making teams better so um i think there's uh the last time we met uh, arizona had a pretty big win too uh right about two weeks ago uh elena um, yeah, we were in Hawaii and we played Hawaii and Georgia State twice each and we beat Georgia State on one of our games. So and then right after that, we went to Pac-12s. Yeah, I, that was one of the results. Like, wow, that's a, that's kind of a big. That, that's yeah. that a great part. If you know, things didn't work out, but that was a great resume builder for Arizona, Arizona, because that was in one of the bubble teams like, oh, gosh, there's nine at-large bids that was a, definitely a case maker being that Georgia State is an automatic in the Sun Belt for the most yeah. part so yeah um I, 
I will say also adding to that on the note of Washington and Arizona, I think Alana, I, you can probably attest to this as well. I don't think you're going to disagree with me, with me on this, that you guys probably had maybe the steepest battle of anybody at the, in their PAC 12 championship route. Um, and you guys came out and unfortunately did get eliminated earlier than other schools, but you really put up a great battle the whole weekend. And I mean, playing number one and number two within a span of a day and a half, like really like that's kind of a very unlucky, unfortunate draw. Um, but you guys played so well. And I feel like Arizona didn't get enough hype at Pac-12 championships. And then also speaking to Washington, what you were talking about, Rob, I'm almost looking at, we luckily, we had a couple of those big wins, like you were saying, against GCU, against Cal, um, and pulled off that win against UCLA last week. But UW, like, I was so impressed with them the whole season. Alana called it that they were going to be kind of the breakthrough team of the year in our preview show. But they did such an incredible thing the entire year. And I almost think of them as what I thought of Long Beach State in the 2022 season, of how Long Beach State was, like, right on that cusp And had they had a big upset in the Big West tournament that they might have gotten that either automatic qualifier or an at-large, but they were like just at that cusp. And I think UW unfortunately had a similar um, end of season outcome. I think Derek has done such an incredible thing with their program. And I was so impressed by them the entirety of season, but I almost think that like FIU's fight for that at-large bid just outbid them with the one more big upset of Hawaii. And so I think UW is right on that cusp. I think that it was kind of between FIU and UW for who was going to come in and Washington didn't come out on top, but I'm, I would not be surprised if in the coming years, they're going to be a big contender, big yeah. contender in NCAAs. Okay. Looking at your, the CCSA conference and obviously your team was came into Cal Poly and wonderful opportunity to see you play in person, but mm-hmm. man, that was a gauntlet of a tournament. Um, the way they had, had Todd had set that up and, you know, unexpected loss and Grand Canyon came out strong and dropped you guys into the second place position. So you ended up playing for third place uh, in that tournament, I believe it was. Is that the way it worked? I guess SC. Um, it wasn't Seattle. Grand Canyon. It was Grand Canyon wasn't there at Cal Poly. Right. At Cal Poly, it was UCLA. So I went back to the wrong result here. No, no, that's okay. We we played, we lost UCLA 3-2. Um, so we got second in our pool. So then we played for third place versus FSU, who also got second in their pool. So it was like a the final was two Pac-12 teams, and then you had the yeah. uh, third place match between two um, CCSA teams. I think the way everyone had to see, they're hoping to see this TCU UCLA matchup in the first place one. But I mean, yeah, had, but we were in the same pool. That's why we couldn't play right. each other. Yeah, yeah. But it was a it was a great tournament, and we got we did get to see a lot. And as a good Gulf Shores warm up for you, but you've been off for a week too. Is that right? No, yes. before the conference tournament. So we played um, at Cal Poly against U uh, UCLA. There was a lot of good great teams there. It was it kind of felt like a mini nationals, and then we had a week off. Then we went to the CCSA conference this past week. Right now, so. Uh, with that, you know, we we've concluded the the regular season play, and we obviously had the selection show just yesterday, and uh, we got we found out who the nine at larges are. I'm trying to see if it would be the best way to go about doing this, but uh, you know, based on their scenes, let's talk about their matchups. If you guys have seen the brackets yet, which I know you probably were jonesing over them, looking over them to see who got, who got matched up with which. But starting off with the playoff match, 
Um, we, UT Martin and Texas A&M Corpus Christi were, uh, were basically the predicted winners of those conferences from the beginning of the season, which they are. So they get that play-in match and the winner that gets to play UCLA. Um, that match, UCLA, obviously, is playing really well. Um, but I did skip the fact that out of those tournaments, I wanted to look at those results here uh, really quick because we had two, let's see, I guess you'd call them kind of upsets, so to speak. In the Big West, Long Beach State upset Hawaii. Hawaii uh, then got beaten in the, the uh, contender's bracket final against Cal Poly. So the final ended up being Long Beach State versus Cal Poly. And Long Beach State, for the second time in school history, got the bid to the automatic for the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, and with that, they moved Taylor Hagenon, Malia Gementera to the number ones. So uh, amazing shifting going on there for Coach Campbell in that program. But I thought Hawaii would be unbeatable in Hawaii. So um, what are you guys' sense on what happened and uh, thoughts on what, what happened in the Big West Conference tournament? So let's take a stab. Let's go. Uh, who's looking ready? We'll start with Charlie since you played with Brooke and you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> I honestly, I think that Rob, when we were doing the preview with Yumi and Kelly on our little tree takeover, mm -hmm. we were really expecting Hawaii to kind of come out pretty dominant because they'd been pretty dominant in Big West play the whole season. Um, I was borderline a little worried when Cal Poly took Hawaii that Cal Poly was going to pull another miracle number and win their Big West tournament and get that automatic conference berth um, because, and it was like their last Hail Mary and they did it last year too. And so I was like, oh my gosh, is Cal Poly going to do this again and win their conference and secure their automatic berth and then put Long Beach State and Hawaii at risk. Long Beach State ended up taking it. So put Hawaii and themselves like obviously at less risk. Um, but Long Beach State came out guns firing and Hawaii had beat them two or three times prior this season. And so that was kind of, I feel like it was their biggest grudge match. And they, when it came down to crunch time, they were able to pull off the upset. So I don't know. I think it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool moment for Long Beach State to see them do that. And they got gypped of a national championship appearance last year. I still stand by that. And so I'm excited that they'll be here this year. Yeah. Well, Anna, anything to add? Um, can't really say it better, but I think it's, it's always fun to have not only an upset, but an upset away. Um, so I think it was really cool that, you know, Hawaii, um, a great place to host, great place to travel to. Um, thankfully, we got to do that this year as well, but uh, really happy for Long Beach to have beat um, Hawaii in their home turf and really uh, mix it up just a little bit more. Yeah. And Kate, anything else to add there? Yeah, I think they covered it, but I agree. I think it's it's probably, it was probably really great for Long Beach to secure that automatic qualifier then. They didn't, they didn't have to worry um, before the selection show. And as Charlie said, they they were really close last year. So I'm, it was probably really, really nice for them just to secure it. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what Coach Campbell does with his line and his pairs through the flights. If he's going to shift them around or if he's going to stick with what won in Hawaii. Because I was shocked to see uh, Hagenau and Jim and Tara move all the way up from just weeks ago. They're in the twos and threes. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of in a big place right now as true freshmen. So um, good future for Long Beach State, but I've still got a tournament to go to. The other eye-catching conference that that really I was shocked was the uh, CCSA tournament. Um, I'm not sorry, the uh, Conference USA tournament. Um, 
because that's the FAU FIU conference where I think everyone pretty much had all their money on FIU. And what happened? FAU won the automatic bid and FIU, which I was watching before we came on, they were the ones that were the, the final at-large bid announced and seeing just a, the sigh of relief on the girls on the, on the couch. Um, but FAU had a, a late surge. And I think uh, some of you, you guys saw FAU, right, uh, Kate, this season? Yeah, we saw them in Miami um, about a month ago. But yeah, FAU is always really strong. And I feel like most year, or I know last year, they, like you said, they had a late surge. They did, they ended up doing really well at nationals. They, they play really gritty. So I'm, I'm really happy that they, they got that automatic bid. Yeah. Alana, anything to add on the F, uh, FAU, FIU conference, USA conference tournament? Um, I think, unfortunately, we don't really get to see those teams a lot, um, but we try and keep up with them and see how they're doing. And, you know, those are two pretty well-known teams in that conference, especially. So um, kind of happy to see them in the, um, both in the tournament and that they could see each other pretty quickly in if they both win that they would immediately play each other after the first round so could be a grudge match if they both make it through the first round but um i think everything else is pretty much covered with them yep and anything else to add charlie i think like just echoing what the other two said like kate and alana you guys hit it but I think the one thing that I'll add to is we met up with both of these teams this season. Actually, we met up with FIU later than we did FAU, but FAU knocked us out of the tournament last year. So we were kind of very anxious to play them again this year and excited that we were able to take them. But FAU and FIU both have such different styles of play that I was really intrigued to see their matchup. FAU being like more of like a scrappy kind of ball control team. FIU being more of like a power combined with like a big combined with a small was kind of the way that we had seen all of their matchups being with like players like Giada Bianchi, who's like six foot four and blocking everything. Um, I was very impressed with FIU's physicality, but FAU's scrappiness was really impressive to me. And so I was almost thinking that FAU might be able to edge ahead on that one. And so I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I was almost happy to see FAU being able to edge ahead and get that auto berth. Um, but I'm excited to see that both of them are in for sure. Yeah, FAU's late season surge came right around the time that they got Marketa Svozlova back there, sophomore from Czech, or Czech Republic. Uh, but ironically, the pair of the week this week uh, in the ABCA, Julie Hansevachova and Jillian Cloud and uh, five nine five seven. But I mean, they played really well. Saw them at the Battle of LA when they were playing out here at Mapes Beach. And you know, FAU's got young talent. I thought, oh, you know, Mackenzie and Erica are gone. Uh, let's see what happens to the program. But I think they they're pretty fortified. So um, yeah, I think that with that first round matchup. They play, is it, uh, well, we'll talk about that later, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss first round matchups here in a little bit. Um, but those were the two, two conferences that didn't go as a lot of people are predicting, but that's what makes the game so uh, fun to watch. And, you know, with that, there were the nine uh, at large that had to be awarded. So uh, a lot of drama <laughs> for, you know, for the most part, the show, uh, was a quick one, but, you know, quick to the point. And uh, there are so many teams I felt that that could have been in there. So we're hoping for term expansion. I'm sure that that would have been if you went to a 
what's at the what's the next level they go 24 with some plans is that what i was talking to todd rogers about but what is the the, the chatter about where the, the tournament could go in the upcoming years do you guys have any sense from what you've been talking to coaches or other players and anyone all that i've heard all that i've heard in the scope of it is i think everybody's wanting expansion i think that we all see it that there's this in, like giant playing field of incredible teams and there are unranked teams that are still pulling off upsets in regular season and we're seeing some teams that are winning their conferences that are unranked which then knocks the at-large potential for it makes the at-large bid fight so much harder and I think that we could have seen a lot more teams in this in this tournament and we could have seen a lot of fun games regardless and so I think the 2014 bracket would be awesome um but again, that's just me coming from a biased old lady standpoint, and I won't okay. be here next year. <laughs> so it doesn't have a large effect on me to play in the coming years, but I still think that for the expansion of the game, how we're growing and how talented all of these teams across the nation are, I think that we could easily see a 2014 bracket expansion and see a lot of talent come out. Yeah, maybe they'll do it before Huntington Beach. 2025, is that when they come over to Huntington Beach? Yeah. <laughs> so um, any thoughts to add there, Elena or Kate? Yeah, I mean, I would totally love to see a, a larger bracket. I think just this past season showing how many people can upset and just how competitive the sport is becoming shows that the the tournament, it just is simply just isn't big enough. There are so many more deserving teams that could also be in this and give everyone a run for their money and, you know, have a couple more games go here and there. But um, so hopefully in, in years future, it gets bigger. Yep. And anything else, Kate? Yeah, I, I think if now that they switched it to single limb, it needs to be bigger. Um, there, There's enough time to play more games single limb. So I definitely think that they should expand it. Well, that's funny that you should mention the single limb thing because I'm I, I go back and forth, and I have this converse I had this conversation with one of the coaches before the um, preseason preview up ep- uh, not an episode but I did it for as a piece for volleyball mag but um, I'm like gosh single elimination yeah, that just doesn't seem fair you know a team flies out there for 50 minutes and gets knocked out um, I love the battle through the loser or contenders bracket. And seeing the drama there, but then he pulled the data. He's like, well, no team has won it out of the contenders bracket since we started doing this. But I feel like if any any time there would be an upset through the contenders bracket, it would be now because of the talent. But could could an athlete do, I guess if you did a double elimination, it'd have to be a minimum of three days out there. Is that well, right? Well, now it's already three days. Well, four days technically with the play-in oh, match. Plan, yeah. But I mean, I just thought there was so much excitement at the uh, double elimination format coming I, through the contenders. I think if you're, I think double M for 16 would be too, I don't think you could do that in one weekend, but um, I mean, you could do it in two weekends, but you, they could have kept the double M format from last year. I, I think, I think if, if you're only going to have 16, I liked that format better, but I mean, single M will be fun. It's everybody's going to come out firing. So. Yeah. How about from an athlete perspective, though, if you're doing double elim for, we'll say, move it to four or five over four or five days, is that doable or is it just too much for you guys to handle? I go back and forth because we all are coming from conference tournaments. 
where com are the conference tournaments are double elimination and they're over three days. But again, like those are nine ish team conferences. And so when you have a pool, that's about that of talent where you go to the double limb and you have eight or nine teams, the way that the bracket has been in the past, it makes sense because you only have so many teams and you want the championship tournament to not just be a two day tournament. Like you want it to still feel like a national championship. Mm -hmm. But I do think with what Kate was saying on with the expansion, I think with it being single elimination, it gives the opportunity to bring more teams in, which almost I almost think that that's better. And I was so anti-single limb until probably the last week when I was thinking about if they're going to keep on bringing more teams in every year, then we need to keep it with like that traditional national championship format, the way that basically every other sport does it in the NCAA. And so while I don't, while I love double elimination, because I think that there's the safety blanket, a little bit of double limb, I do think that for the purpose of expanding the sport and bringing more teams in, you need to keep it single. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts, Elena or Kate? I think it could relate a little bit more to basketball and March Madness. You know, it's crazy. It's single limb. Anything can happen. I mean, my school got knocked out in the first round this year, which was not expected, but that's what makes March Madness. Um, so I think it could be a little bit of, um, you know, our own type of may madness sort of thing and can make things interesting and really gives more people and anybody a shot at the title so I think it would be great to just bring in more teams in general yeah anything else to finish up with Kate I I agree um with what both Charlie and Elena said I feel like we're kind of in a middle a middle couple years where like Charlie said they want to expand or I think they're going to expand it in the future to more teams and have more single limb games it um so that might be why they're starting the single limb now so that in the future they can start expanding and i do think am i lost are you guys i'm lost uh oh oh no rob froze <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't and then he was <laughs> i know he goes my lost and we're like no <laughs> Uh -oh. RFP Rob. Am I frozen? Yes. This is so fun that he's gonna have these bloopers of just like we're all like, hey. <laughs> Kate, when do y'all go out? When do y'all uh, morning? What about y'all? We leave tomorrow morning at the crack of dawn. <laughs> Really? we're split into two groups of travel and oh I'm the host now let's go <laughs> we're split into two travel groups and um our one of the groups is leaving at 3 45 a.m and I'm in the group leaving at 5 30 a.m oh my gosh three why are you split into two groups um, because it was, they couldn't find a flight that was going to put all of us onto one that wasn't going to get us in before one in the morning. Uh, so it was either basically arrive at 1am or be split up into these two morning groups. And so our director of ops set us up with like the starters are on the later group so that we can sleep a little bit longer, but we're still able to get our whole team out, which is pretty fun. All right. Sorry about that, ladies. I'm seeing <laughs> a hotel that's got bad Wi-Fi. So, um, there you go. I'm blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you keep talking, Kate, on that one? I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a really good response, and then it just went black on me. Oh, 
Oh no, I kind of just stopped when you when you. <laughs> well, it was funny, Rob, because you go, "Am I frozen?" And we're all like, "No," and then you froze. <laughs> <laughs> well, all your faces have stopped except for mine on the screen. Is like, oh crud. So, um, but where were we on that one? There, um, the format, yes. <laughs> the was... Oh. No. <laughs> Oh, no, I think he's here. Maybe it's just the question. Do you want to just answer it, Kate, and just so that he has the recording? I think I think the single elimination will be will be good, and in the future, I I really think that more teams will will get to participate, which will be really good for the sport. So I think it's a good thing. Frozen <laughs> face is so funny to me. Charlie, your guys' travel reminds me, we've traveled, like, we've gotten up and left Tucson, like, before 4 a.m. every single travel trip. Oh, my God. To Hawaii, I think we left at 2 in the morning. Oh, my God. Like, what? We, we've driven to Phoenix every single time. Like, we've never once flown out of Tucson this season, which sucks, but. Why? I don't know. <laughs> that is. Flight availability there. Sorry about that. I paid for the higher internet too i'm i'm not happy here <laughs> you're a-okay kate answered the question we just had her answer the question while you were frozen so it looked yeah. like i've never seen that message before but it's still recording like i got a message like it's been continued to record while i was off so um so i've never had it drop on me as the admin to the uh, meetings so. oh yeah no i became the host i took over good for you there you go <laughs> well i think that um when I did talk to that other coach, though, I, I like to keep them on the down low because they may be on certain boards in certain organizations that determine these things. But uh, I mean, they, I think they go back and forth also. They love to see the excitement of a tournament. But then again, it's like you have teams that play in like a, these artificial complexes for a beach. And then you have teams that play actually out on the beach and have to deal with all the conditions. And that one good team gets out to these conditions could get eliminated easily just based on play and if they're not trained for that kind of play um, due to the elements or let's say it's freezing cold or if you're like I look at the Washington girls I'm like they play in cold all the time they come down here everything's warm you know so they're like if anything they're training with all this he the heavy athletic gear it's going to seem like nothing to them when they come down to play in the south so um, but I mean the, the weather is reality you, know, you look at Gulf Shores uh I think at the at the CCSAs, there's a, a lightning watch the morning uh, or Friday morning. They're they're waiting, and they actually made the call to make it a play to um, a decision or yeah, play to decision rather than completion because the original format was supposed to be the completion. So, I mean, one loss, any good team could be affected by that, especially if. Uh, like, for instance, when we were down in Florida, I noticed uh, it was like, yeah, the winds are crazy here. We we're down in, in Miami and we we're on the beach. I was like, oh, that that cone is moving on its own. You know, how are you supposed to play in conditions like that if you're not used to it? So but you guys have the experience of going out there. And that's why I think coaches schedule to play teams all over, hopefully, if they have the budget, of course. So or if you go, think, what's that? Oh, I was going to say, I think that's a really good point. And I think. Like, I don't know, speaking from a California school with how crazy the California weather has been this year, I think this is the first time that we have, we feel fully prepared for like crazy elements because 
we've had crazy rain. We've had psycho winds. Like we had, I think 15 trees blow out of the ground on campus one week. Um, and we have a lot of trees on campus, but that's still like a huge number. Like we had some massive trees just blowing out of the ground because how wet it was and how windy it was. And so I think that this is the first year that we feel like super prepared for the crazy winds that are like that Gulf Shores is known for, as opposed to, I feel like a lot of the schools on the East coast are always really prepped because they're used to playing in a lot of these winds or have experience playing at Gulf Shores. Um, and like you were saying with like UW or schools that play in the Northwest or whatever, there's, there's all these like varieties of weather and elements that you have to kind of face. Um, it makes speech volleyball so fun, but it's also kind of crazy when you go to a school that has like, again, an artificial facility versus one that has a lot of experience playing in really crazy weather. Yeah. Yep. Well, just in fear of bandwidth issues, let's start talking about the bracket that came out in the matchups. Um, because there are some interesting ones, but I'm going to bounce it to you guys if you guys had a chance to take a look. But in the first round, what are some of the matches that are potential, we'll call them exciting, <laughs> exciting, really exciting matches, or in other words, potential barn burner upsets or what have you. So um, I have mine marked down, but I always want to go to you guys first. I'm always curious if I'm on the same wavelength here. So uh, who wants to take a, who wants to pick one and we'll, we'll go off of that one. Oh, I can go. All um, right. I'm looking forward to the Stanford Grand Canyon match. Um, because <laughs> I, I think both, both program, I mean, we didn't see y'all at all this year, Charlie, but I know that y'all beat Grand Canyon um, last time you played and they're both two great programs and I think it'll be a really, a really good match to watch. It, I'm sure Charlie has more to say about it. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. I, I seen that we talked last time, the, the, the tree takeover and the next day was the Grand Canyon Washington duel and blown away. I was like, wow, you hosted them big deal. They've been playing well and you know, you guys are able to get it done. And they got powerful pairs at each spot, but I think you guys just came and brought your A-game plus a little bit more, being that you're hosting and knowing you're coming on the tails, uh, tail on the season. I felt like you had a little extra motivation, especially with these would be two big wins that would solidify an at-large berth for you guys. So Yeah, we actually played Grand Canyon and Cal that day, um, and we had already lost, and Cal's like our biggest rival, obviously. But Grand Canyon is our other biggest rival. And I think we had said that to you, Rob, like Kelly and I had talked about it. And Kelly being a freshman on our team, didn't really know like the heat of the rivalry moment. But being seeing as how like we're a very, very big energy team, like we're pretty loud. We cheer for each other very loudly. And Grand Canyon is very known for being their like very, very loud energy selves. And so we were very much looking forward to that weekend. And like you said, we brought out our A game probably played the best flow of the team that we had seen this season so far. And we, it was a great startup, like moving us forward into PAC 12 championships. And it was our senior weekend. It was a really, it was a really cool moment because we were able to take green Canyon four one and we took Cal four one immediately following, and it was super hot. So we weren't expecting to be necessarily as fresh and feeling as good as we did, but we were really proud of the way that we fought. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that again, because I also know that Grand Canyon's not a team to roll over and die. And so I think that it's going to be an absolute barn burner again. We played 
a very good duel with them last time. And we, every single time that we match up against them, it's close. So I think yeah. it will be exciting. All right, Atlanta, your choice. What's a match in that first opening round that you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, obviously I'm very excited to see everybody play, um, but I am looking forward to seeing Cal and Long Beach. I think they play different sort of games, but I think it could um, like line up good in order to be like really, really entertaining and um, like super competitive. And I think, you know, they're both from California, but they don't play each other that much. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of it. Yeah, the uh, number twos pair, right? Who you faced off with, Charlie, Ainsley Reddell and Ashley Delgado. But like they're playing really well here towards the end of the season. And you know, that's definitely a good call. That was on my radar too, just in case you're wondering. I was like, yeah, that one's going to be a tight one. So um, especially with the changes that Long Beach State has made here as well. And they're winning with those changes. Um, so, uh, you know, I, that could be a 3-2. Because <laughs> I know that is... Um, especially with the now more mature players, seasoned players in the deeper in the Long Beach lineup. And you have this older group of players in Cal. It's an interesting pair to pair matchup because you have a bunch of youngsters against a bunch of, we'll call them seasoned vets on the Cal side. So, um, all right, Charlie, you're up. I mean, those were my two biggest duels that I was going to say were the us versus Grand Canyon and Long Beach versus Cal, mostly because we're very familiar with all of those pairs and also because those are the closest matchups in the like rankings on the bracket. Um, but I'm also really excited um, for two. I'm excited for Georgia State versus USC because Georgia State is very hot right now. And I know that there, it says here in our notes too, that their only point came from the ones with the Ferrari twins beating Megan Delaney and Megan Delaney are this absurd pair. And the Ferrari twins are a well-known absurd pair. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it says here that um, the Norses and Elise Saga and Kelly Dorn, they went into three and it was a 19-21-21-19-17-15 Norse twin victory. So I think that that will keep it interesting. It could be a three, two in either direction. And USC, I mean, they're coming off of a couple of losses at Pac-12 championships. So again, I don't know if that will be like one that stokes a fire or one that kind of settles them into the dust a little bit. So I think that that will be fun to watch. And then I'm excited to watch FAU versus LSU because I think LSU has, while they proved themselves at CCSAs um, with an upset of FSU, I think that they still have some some stuff to prove um, and to earn and FAU is definitely coming out hungry. They are a tough matchup in the first round speaking from experience. So, yeah. Well, other ladies, you heard Charlie's picks. Uh, I didn't think she was going to three of them, but well, <laughs> do you guys want to add anything else to those three she mentioned? <laughs> no, no, she, she covered most of them. I mean, I think, I think all of the games are going to be, are going to be good. Every team's coming in ready to play so I think it's it's just going to come down to whoever plays better that day on every match yeah well there's one that I'm surprised none of you mentioned and the reason why it's their first meeting this season which I was really shocked to look back and find this out but you have Hawaii and LMU first facing off in the first round that's an 11-6 uh, seating matchup but we know Hawaii has been in as high as eight or nine in the polls and it wasn't until later in the season, LMU moved from seven up into the five spot. And 
we know that Brooke and Kaylee Glago are playing, well, they took a couple losses during the end, but they're a phenomenal team. But Hawaii is deep. They've got the, the talent through their lineup. And LMU uh, worked their senior day, as a matter of fact, and they beat Washington pretty handily. And Pepperdine, I think Pepperdine played with a little extra oomph because they're kind of hoping that that would be the, the win that could secure them in that large berth. So they were playing crazy and ended up losing 3-2. But um, I think Hawaii and LMU are basically evenly matched. And um, I could see that being another tight one as well. I, I think every single flight will go three sets in that first round matchup. And it'll be, they'll be gassed because they're, they're so similar, but um, anything to add on, on that matchup, ladies? No. Okay. I didn't realize that that was their first meeting. And <laughs> I'm just looking at that now. And I think you're dead, right, Rob? Like, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think yeah, everything's interesting. Go ahead. I think everything's going to be interesting this week. Yeah. I didn't think that would be a first round matchup. Cause that's just, they're way too close in talent there. <laughs> but I think those late losses of Hawaii bumped them back in the seating. And, you know, I get that as well. So um, I think also looking at the seating that they try to not in general seating terms, they try to not have conference rivals playing each other in the first round. And so you see that there's a lot of conference mixing. And so like, they're not going to pair Hawaii and Long Beach state against one another, or like, um, FSU and LSU in the first round or TCU with another um, CCSA team. Like it doesn't make sense for them to fly all out to just play another conference match right away. Yeah. So the conference mis- mixing adds for some cool matchups in the first round to say the least. Well, I, I would love to go on and project the rest of the bracket, but I don't want to offend teams that say, oh, then give them extra motivation. But <laughs> so I won't let you guys do that, but I mean, the top half of the bracket has number one seed UCLA and the bottom half has Kate's team. TCU is number two in the tournament. But I mean, the road to going to that championship match is going to be gnarly. I mean, that's like, no matter who I project or or put in there, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's it's just going to be a good tournament this year. So, I mean, you're right. I think Atlanta, they're going to have to push for more sooner rather than later and open up the tournament because there's just, I mean, this, I feel like we'd be robbing volleyball fans of good vo- national volleyball or beach volleyball. So um, let's end with the, you guys picking out some uh, top athletes performances or teams of the week. Um, I definitely have mine in, in locked and loaded, ready to go, but I always like to defer to the ladies first. My mom taught me well. So who's, who wants to take a, st- a shot at it? Alana, are you feeling it? <laughs> Oh, um, I want to give a shout out to UCLA. Um, I think their ones this year or this uh, past weekend, they've been kind of going back and forth between their ones and their twos and some of their pairs have been mixing up. But Lexi Dunnenberg played with Maggie Boyd, who eventually, I believe, got hurt um, throughout the tournament. So then Kelly Agnew took over her place and they pretty sure went undefeated for the rest of the season, the rest of the weekend. So um wanted to give a shout out to all three of those people. Um, Maggie possibly playing through an injury and then just unfortunately wasn't able to go through with it anymore. Lexi Denenberg playing with two partners and Kelly, Kelly Agnew stepping into that one's position and doing really well and keeping it consistent for her team. Well, a couple of things. Did Maggie finish out that the match of duel she is in? And I'm then, not sure there wasn't we weren't there when it happened but we oh, okay. were given a lot of information I don't know if Charlie knows 
She did. It was against us. Um, she finished out the match. They lost to our ones pair 16, 14 in the third. And then she never re-entered the lineup after that. Um, she had been subbed out for Kelly. So we don't know details. We wished Maggie the best and she was playing fantastic. Um, so whatever it was, she wasn't showing it, which is very, very impressive because I mean, speaking from experience of playing through injuries, I think it's really hard to play as fantastic as she was playing. Um, and it's just like, again, it's kudos to her. We always talk about her. She's like one of the most fantastic freshmen of the year by far. And like, there was no, um, difference than this past weekend. I think it's very incredible and a testament to her skills as a player. Yep. Well, and the other thing I was going to call you out on Elena is you're shouting out your fellow Phoenix girl. Come on. Really? Of course. (laughs) Kelly Green Agnew. She's from the hood. She's from the Phoenix hood. Right. (laughs) I represent. (laughs) Well, she was balling out and the way she stepped in, I was like, I'm like, Stein, why didn't you do this earlier? But then again, like that freshman Maggie Boyd. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely a good call. Um, Kate, you want to take us, uh, your shot at your top player team pair or individual athlete? Um, you I, if you want, you had some good, good balling going on. <laughs> no. Um, I, I have two Talking pairs. third person too. That'd be hilarious. Um, Charlie from Stanford, we were watching the UCLA the UCLA duel and y'all's threes team, um, Kate Riley and Emmy Sharp, really, they came in clutch. So I thought that was a really awesome performance by them. And then um, I'll go for my own team, our fives pair of Haley Brock and Rochelle Scott. They really killed it this weekend and helped helped um, lead us to the conference title. And they really played great. So I wanted to give them a shout out too. Excellent. We'll close that with Charlie. I'm actually lightly upset with you, Kate, because you took both of my pairs. <laughs> I, I was like, I have two pairs and if either of them are going to get said, like at least I've got the other one. Um, those were actually my exact two pairs were our threes, Emmy and Kate. They ended up making the all tournament team. We keep saying like, this is our like running, like saying with the team that like, Kate and Emmy, Emmy just have that dog in them. Like they're just ridiculously talented and are playing so well together. And they were kind of a late mix up pairing, um, which I had started the season with Kate and then Emmy and her started playing together and just have been doing so well. And I don't know, I think we all started crying when we beat UCLA. Um, and when Emmy got the ace to win it, it was a pretty surreal moment. And I'm so proud of them because they played so well the whole weekend, just were they were doing their thing and it was awesome. Um, but I actually noticed this, um, Haley's a friend from home and then her and Rochelle playing together. I saw on the social media feed today that Rochelle got her hundredth career win. And I believe the only it was other the final of which, Oh, it was the finals. Okay. So that's even cooler. Um, so Rochelle got her hundredth career win to win the CCSA finals. And it said that she's only the second ever Sandy frog to get that award. And I know that the first ever one was Haley Brockett. And so I think that that's pretty cool that they're the only two like TCU players ever to reach a hundred career wins while wearing the TCU uniform and to both have it together. I think that's just a huge kudos to that pair. And I think it's cool. I was like, wow, that's a really fun moment when you're the two players on the team who have the most wins like ever. And Rochelle's still... Rochelle's um, not even a fifth year. She's technically has one more year too. And she already got a hundred wins, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. 
Well, I'm going to throw down a uh, an LSU pair because being that I was on the CCSA feed on the Bally Live app through AVP, which is pretty cool. If you guys haven't checked it out, you got to download that Bally Live app. I'm not getting kickbacks from it, I promise you. But it's just a cool platform. Um, I worked the twos court all during the CCSAs, and I was really impressed with uh, Parker Bracken and uh, Grace Seitz. I think Charlie knows Grace pretty well, um, but I hadn't seen them play. Um, I didn't get to watch their courts when they were here in the East meets West, but you know, twos are, is another tough pair to be at. Um, there's so many good pairs. I mean, Florida State's twos, your former partner, Kate, uh, Jordan Polo and uh, um, Anna Long were, were playing well, but gosh, it just made me realize how strong the talent is. And yeah, it's getting better throughout the flights, but that means the ones and the twos are getting even like they're international level quality players now at this point. So, um, but yeah, Parker Bracken and Grace Sites played a great tournament. And, you know, that, you know, the, I was watching the PAC 12 broadcast and uh, Anne-Marie Anderson, Holly uh, McPeak and Cameron Irwin were like, yeah, the, the PAC 12 is strongest conference. Like, yeah, it is, but you know what? CCSA is right there too. You can't skip out on that. As I'm watching all your teams go at it, <laughs> yeah, I was multitasking, watching the Pac-12s, calling the CCSAs. So um, I, I can chew gum and breathe at the same time. And it's mm -hmm. a good good couple uh, days of volleyball. But we have now full three, four more days coming up here in Gulf Shores. And uh, looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend and uh, chatting with you all again. So that's Kate Privet of TCU. Alana Rennie of Arizona and Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford. We'll all be watching or playing this week. Um, actually, I'm lying. I'm at the men's championships, so I will do what I can to watch or get re previews or get the inside connect, uh, info from you guys. So, ladies, thank you again. I look forward to chatting with you next week. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.